Hello everyone, it's been a while since I've done a video. Uh, I will also be uploading this as a podcast, so audio as well. Okay, so I've been reading a very interesting book lately. Let me show you if I do the share screen. Share. Okay, so yes, this is the book that I've been reading. It's called The Sovereign Individual. Now, I found it online by searching for the title online, and I found it. Uh, I think the book is incredible. I've only just started writing, re reading. I will buy it uh, when I get the chance, and I'm also thinking of buying it for Christmas presents for some of the people close to me, because I think it's truly important and I urge everyone to read it. The book talks about the transition that our society is going through from the industrial society that came about through the industrial revolution to what they call the information society. Now this book is a bit old. It was written before the year 2000, so over 20 years ago, I believe. Um, but I am just blown away by how accurate it is in explaining everything that's happening right now. And I, it, it is helping me to understand a lot of what's been happening because this, especially like these last few years, I've been not able to understand what's happening in the world. I, I was feeling like the world is going crazy. You know, the, the other day I was watching the movie B for Vendetta and in that scene where the main character is speaking to the people and he's saying, uh, he says this phrase, something like, um, there's something really wrong with this country, isn't it? And I heard that and it got me thinking, I'm like, man, I feel there's something very wrong and strange globally today like i have never felt in my entire life such a high level of chaos uncertainty and fear and yes and i'm trying to figure it out and i think this book of everything that i found it's the one that to me explains it the best. I wrote a little blog this uh, this morning. I'll add the link to um, in the description of the video on the podcast, but I'm gonna try to to explain it because uh, I know that some people don't like reading and they prefer to listen to someone speak. Also, you know you can put your headphones headphones and you can do other stuff while I talk. Um, so, Basically, we're going through the next stage in human society. You now, if you think, uh, like, we started with hunter-gatherers, then we went into agriculture. That society was based on agriculture, so we're not roaming around anymore, and we're starting to farm, and that completely changed our way of living. And then we went through the... Uh, industrial revolution and that's when cities came about 
And we went from having, I think, something like 97% of people devoted to agriculture to now, I think it's like 1% of, of the people are doing that kind of, kind of work. And now we're transitioning from an industrial revolution to an information, I mean, to from an industrial society to an information-based society. And what they write in the book, the authors, is that this revolution is going to be much deeper changes and also it's going to be faster. And it's going to be hard for people to adapt and the people who are not paying attention are going to have a really hard time doing so. So, basically, sorry, I'm getting a call. Basically, what's happening is um, in this next stage, the state, the government, the central centralized authority is going to lose a lot of its power. And when that is happening, just as a matter of survival, it's going to try to control more. It's going to, as it feels its power dwindling, it's going to create more pressure to hold it, to control it. And that it's not going to stop the process. It's going to make it slower and it's going to make it a lot more painful, the transition. Because what they believe, the authors of this book, is that this is going to be the era of the sovereign individual, which means that the power will fall on to each individual person. And we are seeing it happen today. Like, there's nationality matters every day less. A lot of companies are hiring people overseas because it's cheaper. I have friends in Argentina working for companies abroad all through the internet. And the internet has no nationality, has no boundaries. Um, and that is the first, the first stage because that means that the productivity that is generated from a company in one country, the work is done in, in another country. So that means that that particular state cannot tax those people. That is money that's fleeting away from the state. So the main countries in the world are losing a lot of their tax revenue and a lot of their power. And that is only the beginning. That is only going to get, uh, it's only going to increase. Another thing that's happening is that in the book, even in the early 2000s, they predicted the emergence of, they call it cyber money, cryptographic cyber money. Because they say they were writing and they were saying everything is going to go online, it's going to spread out across the world. And we will eventually see the. Um, the emergence of a currency that is native to cyberspace and is uh, cryptographic, which means that it's going to be really, really hard for governments to control it. It's going to be impossible for them to control it. Uh, it's going to be really hard to track. 
and really, really hard to tax. And of course, we are seeing this today with Bitcoin. Uh, like, it's exactly what they're des describing and it's exactly what's happening. And as more of our financial, uh, more of the world's financial activity will switch and slowly go into Bitcoin, crypto, cryptographic, decentralized cyber money that no one can control, governments will lose a ton of power because they won't be able to tax people. They won't be able to um, do economic violence against people. Like I have seen people that I follow online have their bank accounts shut down because they were speaking against the government. That with Bitcoin can't happen. When WikiLeaks started revealing all these uh, documents and all these shady things that the government was, was doing, the first thing they did was cut off their, all their bank accounts, and all their, their funding. And WikiLeaks started functioning on Bitcoin and it couldn't be stopped. You know, in other in another time of the world, that would have been the end of WikiLeaks. Now it's not, because now there's an, an alternative alternative. And Bitcoin allows markets to operate on top of it with no intermediaries. It's peer-to-peer -peer and it's uh, uncensorable and it cannot be stopped. And once you start interacting just peer-to-peer with no middleman taking a cut, it becomes a lot more, um, it generates a lot more for each people involved. And again, it's an activity that the government cannot control. They cannot stop, they cannot censor. And as well, it's more, much more profitable for everyone in it. So of course, I think my belief is that eventually, everything will start turning towards that area. And as that happens, the government will lose a lot more power. Now, I think in the end, this is going to be great for everyone. It's going to be amazing. But the problem is, in the transition, um, the book explains how his, yeah, historically, if you look at all the times where the government was experiencing this loss of power and authority, it reacted in a bad way. And I think a lot of what we're seeing now, a lot of the chaos in the world stems from the fact that the governments are losing their power and they're scared. And even in the book, they said they were uh, writing how the governments will most likely turn a lot more tyrannical than we've ever seen in the uh, last few years. They will resort to misinformation and censorship, which is happening at levels that I have never seen before in my entire life. I, every time I turn on the news, I can't believe how they are willingly lying to people, how they are completely negating 
certain views on certain subjects. Like, for example, when we're talking about the pandemic, the lockdowns, the vaccines, um, if you turn on mainstream media, traditional media, TV, newspapers, it seems like there's only one part of the of the argument. It's like lockdowns are good, the vaccine is good, and if you're if you don't hold these beliefs, um, your opinion doesn't matter. And I, in this video at least, I'm not gonna talk about my personal opinions. All I wanna point out is the fact that there is no debate on whether or not, like say lockdowns are good because they uh, lower COVID deaths, okay? That's great. Now, we're not talking about the fact that globally the suicide rates tripled during lockdowns. So yes, you're saving people from dying from COVID, but there's people that are choosing to end their own lives because the living situation has deteriorated to the point that they can't go on living. Now we should at least talk about it. We should at least acknowledge that this is happening, but we don't. Um, we also are not talking about the fact that when you lock down and business can't operate, um, the small businesses die, where the big businesses, the international companies, they still have some way of enduring and even like Amazon could still work during the lockdowns where a lot of the small retailers couldn't. So what we're seeing is after these lockdowns, we're losing a lot of the small businesses and the big ones get even bigger. Also, we're not talking about how we're printing a ton of money to cover the holes in the economy created by this halt. And when you print money, you it's inevitable that the prices of things will rise as we're seeing it happen now, which means that the people who are have barely enough to live are gonna struggle more. And the people who were already well off will have extra money that they will put in stuff like buying houses or buying stocks and all that stuff and that makes the price of commodities rise so essentially when you're printing more money you're making the poor people poorer and the rich people richer you also make stuff like houses be more expensive so it's harder for people to get in in the first place creating the huge divide between the people that have and the people that have not. And that is, is happening at a pace that I have never seen before in my life. And we're not talking about it because uh, we only hear the side of, we need to keep COVID's death to a minimum. And I, I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying we need to talk about everything. We cannot just focus on one metric and disregard all the rest. And I'm not sure what the right option is, but 
I don't think we can find the right solution if we're not talking about everything. So the government is gonna employ misinformation. And it's not, sorry, it's not just the government because another thing that the book describes is how pretty much every single institution during this process will collapse. And that is almost guaranteed. So all the, the traditional media, it's all dead. It's dying. It's gone. Like they're still hanging on, but they're on the way out. And, you know, we are starting to see emerging these new ways of doing media and um, independent people doing, creating their own thing. And that is great. And that's the future. But unfortunately, we are in that period of transition where these new institutions are not yet strong enough. And the one that is declining is trying to grasp to the little power they have left and they're creating and they're employing really, really hurtful strategies. Like the other day I was talking to my girlfriend's mother and she told me, oh, what I saw in the news that Bitcoin crashed. So everything that you've been talking about Bitcoin, like it's, you know, it's, it's not as you paint the picture. And I Googled her, the news that she was talking about. And the title was Bitcoin crash and loses 90% of its value. And I was like, whoa, like I never heard this that is happened now. Um, let me, let me read the article. And the article was, well, this happened because of one glitch in one exchange lasted for less than one minute. And yet the headline was Bitcoin crashes and loses 90% of its value. And my girlfriend's mother read it, didn't read the full article, put it in her pocket and in her mind, that was real. And that's what I'm talking about. The media is lying, spreading misinformation. Uh, and you can't operate in the world if you don't have a clear sense of what's happening. And if you put your faith in the media that is deliberately lying and misleading you, then the choices that you will make in your life are going to be the wrong choices. And it's going to lead you on the wrong path. And that's what I'm, I'm afraid of. And that's why I want to speak out and start creating these videos because it's getting crazy. And I urge everyone to read The Sovereign Individual. You can find it online if you can't buy it. If you can, do so, so to help the authors. Um, but we, like, we need to be aware of what's happening now. And because if we're not, this transition is going to be very, very painful for those who are not. The last thing I'm going to say is that I urge everyone to look into Bitcoin. And I know that for some people, they're going to reject it instantly. And I know that some people, they don't have the mental space to take the time to learn about it because it's not easy to understand. And it's not something that you will read one article or listen to one podcast 
or watch one video and you'll get it. It's not like that. It's take it's gonna take a long time. Usually, I think it takes around four years for people to make the cycle from hearing about it, start learning, understand it, and accept it. It takes around four years. It did it did for me and for most of the people that I follow online. They all, all also speak of a four year cycle. Uh, but honestly, we need to start because first of all, it's the future. So that's where everything is going. So the faster what time, like the faster you get there, the better it's gonna be for you. For the people who don't adapt it, adopt that technology is gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna create more pain until you have no choice but to adopt it so the faster we do that the smoother the, trans the transition can be um, we desperately need to take power away from centralized authorities and bitcoin is the easiest and also the most effective way of doing so because once you take economic power away um, like that money is in the is is the layer in which everything is created so we need to take ownership of it we cannot leave government with the possibility of printing a ton of money and make everything we own lose value like that we can't have a prosperous society if that is possible and we are starting to see the effects of bad money policy. I believe it's going to get worse and worse every time, unfortunately. Um, also, there's stuff that is getting built on top of Bitcoin now that allows for markets to operate without intermediaries. Uh, the it's called DeFi, which means decentralized finance. And the opportunities for the early adopters of this is huge. It's huge. And it provides for the ability to create an income that cannot be shut down by governments, cannot be censored, resistant. You can take it anywhere you go. For me, the way I think is the best to understand this is everything you build needs to be built upon an economic layer. Everything. So right now, most people are building on top of dollars. Now, what we're seeing with dollars, and I will show you if you're watching in the video. I'm going to share the screen. Share, and I'm going to show you this thing this is the money printing and you can see how covid when covid hit it goes parabolically up now when man when the supply of money increases so so much um that means that the value of everything everything you own is going to go down while the if you try to buy anything it's going to be way, way more expensive. So the money that you're holding is worth less. 
and that's going to continue while they print more money. So the thing is, why would you save your money in something that somebody else has the power to lower it down? So that's the thing, that you don't have control over the policy of the dollar. So if you build upon the dollar, it's not solid ground. It's shaky. It's like, it's like building upon sand. And as soon as the wind comes, it's going to be destroyed. Now, Bitcoin, and I know a lot of people are going to argue that Bitcoin goes up, goes down, is very volatile. And that is because we are in a very early stage. We're in what is called the price discovery. Right. Uh, so Bitcoin has not yet reached the adoption that it needs to reach to become stable. So right now it's fluctuating wildly. But if you ignore the fluctuation and you just focus on what Bitcoin means, Bitcoin has, it's, it's a piece of code. So the way that it works has already been established and cannot be changed unless the whole community agrees to that change. So there's no one that has the power to command change upon the Bitcoin network. No one. So that means that it's, it's solid. You know what Bitcoin is, you know what it will do, and it will be the same in a thousand years. So if you're willing if you're wanting to build your house, your life, are you going to build it upon sand or are you going to build it upon solid ground? And that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is solid ground. Okay, I'll continue with this later. I have a, vi a visitor. I was not expecting it, but I'm sorry. I'll continue with this later. 